Welcome to episode 25 of the Comfort in the Workplace podcast. Do you, do you ever get frustrated that it takes the team so long to move from getting a new request to actually getting the work done? Now, sure, I mean, they, they really have to work through things and they have to make sure everyone's aligned on what approach they're going to take. But does it really need to take that long to get from a request coming in to actually starting to execute the work? Well, in episode 25, I'm going to talk through some of the challenges that we can see when our team gets a new project to work on. And I'll give you some tips on how we can make that transition more efficient. And then there are a couple of tools that I want to share that can help you facilitate through the, through the transition period. So sure, I, I have a solid team. I'm sure you have a solid team. They're all professionals. They're very good at what they do. They know what they're doing. But uncertainty does a funny thing to people. So you give them something that maybe is, a, is outside their, their typical, it's outside the norm. There's some uncertainty on how they're going to approach it. Um, and, and especially when it's, when it's a bit larger and it's complex and it involves others outside the immediate team. So it goes beyond your team. And I know that there's this storm in Norman Foreman or whatever the heck it is, you know, teams coming together. But the bottom line is, you know, shit ain't getting done. I've seen it many times. I mean, you have these, uh, you have a cast of characters. Everyone's got different personalities. You have the perfectionist who wants everything tidy and nice and in a perfect um, order before they can start working. You have the person who's um, the owner. They, they just want to take ownership and, and you just give it to me and I'll, and everybody else move out of the way and I'll, and I'll get it done. Um, then you have the, the people that there's so many different voices in, there's so much frustration and there's no order. So they just, they just disengage. So they're quiet. They're disengaged. They're not really joining into the conversation. And you have the people who are 10 steps ahead. So they already know in their head exactly what needs to be done. You know, they just want to jump. They just want to jump to it. And they're getting frustrated that people are, are, you know, turning in circles. And so you have all these personalities. And as the discussion continues, the tension grows. More discussion, more tension. These personalities are competing with each other. Um, they're in conflict with, with each other, um, and the team gets stuck. So you have numerous meetings, and you're seemingly talking through the same things over and over and over again. And you have so many people on the calls and so many people at the meetings, and you're really just getting nowhere. So I know that all of this, it's, it's, it's almost a necessity in, in, a, in a way. I mean, the, the collective thought process of the team has to mature. And so you have to have a collective thought process where everybody gets, gets aligned before you can get to, to execution. So I don't want to discount that. I mean, we know that we, know that we need to, to, to get to that alignment in order to be effective at the, at the ex execution. But let me just give you a little bit, before I jump to the tips, let me give an, an example. So I've had this, this one new request come in and you know, we, we seemingly did the right things up front and we had, a, we had a kickoff, a series of kickoff meetings, kind of workshop style. Um, and, you know, this was pretty complex um, request that came in and went across multiple teams. It was cross-functional. So we got, we got key people from the teams together. We, we did the kickoff and, you know, we came out of it really with this great alignment across multiple teams. We had a good understanding of the approach that we were going to take. Yes, there were a lot that there was a lot that needed to be to be worked out. Um, but generally speaking, we had the approach. We had some agreement, and so we everybody took their action items, went back to their respective teams, and we were we were ready to to really take the next steps. And I felt real good about where we where we were. 
And so personally, I got pulled away on some more urgent items. And, and so these, these items were more immediate. Um, they needed my attention. And I felt pretty good about where we were coming out of the workshops. So I was comfortable that I could step away knowing that uh, we had a great team and that the, the team could really get towards, towards execution pretty, pretty quickly based on the decisions that we've already made. And then so I come back a few weeks later, um, pick my head back up, check in, and the team was still talking through the same items that were already agreed to weeks ago. They were revisiting. We had the perfectionist that wanted it, wanted every stone turned over, every T crossed and every I dotted. You know, we had um, an owner saying, just give it to me and I'll deliver everybody, move out of the way. And then the very people that were part of the original group that really cut right through the issues and got to an approach um, out, of those, out of those kickoff workshops, they were disengaged. They were frustrated through the whole process. They were disengaged. And we were in a spot where actually we were probably worse off than we were um, coming, out of the, coming out of the workshop. So not only did we make, not make any progress, but we actually pulled our, our, ourselves back. And so we lost weeks. And now the project was well behind schedule. Okay, so what could we have done differently? And what can, what can you do differently when, when your team gets something new? How can we grease those skids and get the team through this painful transition period? And like I said, yes, it is a necessary stage. You know, we have to make sure that we have a good approach. We have to make sure that everyone's aligned. But how can we do it more efficiently? And how can we do it having everyone feel even more comfortable about the approach? So here are four tips that I think you can take. Number one, you got to keep it contained. And so, yes, everyone who's involved needs to be comfortable with the approach. Everyone who's expected to deliver needs to be in line with what's going to be delivered. Everybody who's going to accept that delivery and have to live with it has to be aligned but you don't need to involve everybody in every single discussion. You don't need 30, 40 people on calls. You know, we don't need uh, meeting rooms overfilled for, for three hours. It's much easier to work things out with a core team of key people that are respected, that have a broad view, that have a broad understanding of, of, of the issues, and, it, it, and let them check in with the team as they go. So have transparency. Uh, make sure that everybody has a way to to engage, um, but really keep it to a core team to work out um, to work it out up front. So number two, you got to get things out of people's head. So part of the reason the conversation goes in circles is that people are trying to solve very complex issues all at once, and they're trying to do it real time with thirty people on a call. And it, it, the brain just can't process all those unknowns at the same time, especially in a, in a big forum with 30 people on a call, and we're trying to co tackle complex issues that are kind of outside the box. So you need to tackle it in, in, in pieces. So for me, if you document each concern, you get an open item list, you get an action list, get it out of their heads and onto the list. So now this list can be prioritized, it could be assigned, it provides transparency. And then the people that will, with all these concerns, they get comfort that their items were heard and that they're being thought through. Even if they don't end up in the final approach, that comfort, that peace of mind that their voice was heard, that concern, their concerns were, were recognized, it, it, it helps. It helps. So number three, now document your decisions. So you want to let everybody know why the decisions were made and what alternatives were considered. So even if they don't agree, 
still at least understand what the thought process was. And then number four, develop, uh, develop some options and, and let everybody weigh in. So you want to make sure that all of this, all of the discussion, all of the open items feed into options. And so you want to show about three options, you know, at, at least two, no more than five. Don't go crazy with this. And make sure that the core team, you know, the core team should be driving this. The core team should come up with some options based on all these open items, based on all the considerations. But go in with a recommendation. Don't go in open-ended. Go in with a recommendation to help steer discussion. And, and you want to give people a chance to weigh in. Um, you know, you, you want to make sure that you have a recommendation, but you want to still give people a chance to weigh in, so don't go in too strong. So I took this approach with, with a new change. And, and this new change was, was more complex and more impactful than the one I described um, earlier. And it went extremely smoothly. We had all of the open items. We had all of the discussion points. You know, we had all of the, the reasons why we made the decisions that we made. We had options with all this detail behind it. And, and it, made, it made the process extremely smooth. And so after getting agreement on the approach with, with all of the people that were involved, um, we had to review it with senior executives to get their sign off. And having all of this, this structure in place and being able to justify why we made the decisions that we made, it not only helped get the team aligned and get the team executing pretty quickly, but it made those discussions a breeze. You know, getting the sign-off, getting people at the senior executive level comfortable with what we were doing was real easy when we had when we had these these all of these things laid out. So comfort in the workplace, we have a number of tools in the toolbox, and there are a couple of tools that can certainly help us with this process. And so the first is the virtual bulletin board. So I use the virtual bulletin board to capture new items that are coming into the team. You know, those are the items that potentially could fall through the cracks. They're a bit informal as they, as they come in. They're not quite fitting into our formal process yet. The formal process maybe is really geared towards the, the execution. And so the virtual bulletin board is a great way for, for me to make sure that we're capturing those items. But then as we review them, I'm ensuring that I have one lead assigned to each. So that lead is the one who's going to bring the core team together and is going to um, you know, take us through the, the process and get us to execution. And so by having the one lead, I know who I could, um, could turn to to pull all that together. And at the same time, I'm making sure that the rest of the leads are aware that this is going on. So there's no surprises a couple months down the line saying, why wasn't I involved? And I never knew about this. And then it also ensures that we're not duplicating efforts and we're not certainly not having competing efforts. So there's one person that's the lead and it makes it crystal clear who that is. So this allows me to keep it contained. It allows me to control who's involved up front and it makes sure that they follow, they follow this, this process and we get to execution as quickly as possible. The second is... Second tool is the trade-off challenge. And so this, this helps put out a common format of options up front. So everybody's aware of what the template is. Everybody's aware of what needs to be thought through for the options and the way it's going to be presented. So everyone's comfortable with it. And, and it ensures that we're considering alternatives to the tried and true. So especially for these new items that come in that are complex, they don't fit nicely into our day-to-day and so the trade-off challenge makes sure that we're considering alternatives, that we're looking at trade-offs, we challenge each other to, to not just rely on the trade-offs and to try to do both. Um, and, and, and so this is a great way 
for us to make sure that we have um, that approach in place. And it also allows us to, um, to use that, the trade-off challenge templates for communication. And so that communication is great and it actually serves as an input into the formal execution phase of the, of the project. So yes, I, I know that it's painful, this, this whole initiation, mobilization phase of project, but it's, necess it's, a, it's a necessity. Um, so it doesn't have to be that painful. If you follow these, these tips that I've laid out, if you look at making sure that we're keeping it contained, we're getting things out of people's heads, we're documenting our decisions, we're developing options and letting everybody weigh in on them, we're using the virtual bulletin board, we're using the trade-off challenge, it doesn't have to be that painful. So use these few easy tips, a couple of the tools, and you have smooth sailing into the, execu the execution phase. And everybody on the team, senior executives, they're comfortable with the approach and they're ready to start going. So please join me in creating comfort in the workplace by respecting team members and demanding excellence.